Welcome back to another episode of Emergy Presents Inspirational Journeys of the Best Minds, where we explore the personal and professional lives of accomplished senior executives, delving into their remarkable experiences and examining the impact of the present times. We are back uh, with another power-packed episode, and today we have the pleasure of hosting Amna Ajmal, the Executive Vice President of Market Development EMEA at MasterCard. With an impressive career spanning close to 20 years, Amna has made her mark in esteemed banking and financial institutions like Citibank and Standard Chartered before joining her current role at MasterCard. Her achievements speak for themselves as she was recognized as one of the top 100 women in fintech globally by Lattice 80, ranked among the top 25 women, in le women leaders in financial technology by the Financial Technology Report US for 2019 and 2020, and not stopping there, she's also gained further accolades as one of the top 100 women in fintech worldwide by 20, for 2021 by IBM and Fintech Magazine. And lastly, she secured a spot among America's top 10 women in fintech by the Fintech Magazine in 2020. Quite an impressive track record, wouldn't you say? I'm thrilled to be speaking with Amna as she generously shares her remarkable story, taking us on a journey through her path to success, as well as the challenges she's faced along the way. So first and foremost, welcome to the podcast, Amna. It's a pleasure to have you with us. Thank you so much. And thank you for the kind introduction. So I've been a keen follower of your LinkedIn updates for quite some time now. And I must say it's truly inspiring to witness your remarkable achievements and authentic posts. Um, I'd like to take a moment to delve into the initial stages of your journey, starting from the beginning, perhaps your childhood, before you became a financial services leader. So one of my first questions to you would be, what is it that you wanted to become as a kid and how did you get started in your career? So what I wanted to become when I was a kid uh, was a lawyer. Uh, and I think it could be because of the crime thriller that I used to see and the kind of books I used to read. So I thought lawyers can save the world and that's what I wanted to do. Uh, but I didn't come from a family uh, where women were allowed to work. So I think around the age of 18, I was asked to study, uh, 15, I was asked to study medicine. Um, and I hated biology, so I flunked. I could not get into any medical college. So I kind of wasted a year doing nothing. Um, and then my family advised me that it'd be good for me to get married since I couldn't get good grades in medicine anyways. Uh, but I went on to do my undergraduate in uh, computer science, software engineering. I was good at maths and logic rather than memory and biology. Um, so I deviated from the whole lawyer path, which was kind of not feasible at that time. Um, there was no appetite in my family for me to do that. Yeah, went on to do my MBA and then my international career in financial services started. And would you say where you've grown up affected who you became in any way or is there something that you wanted to change from how you... Um, your initial years? Well, initially, when you're facing through a lot of difficulties, you're like, like my friends uh, whose parents were working, they were allowed to work and I wasn't. So it's almost like, okay, why am I in this situation? Because kids don't choose to be born where they're born, right? So it's like, why was I born in this family? Why do I have to go through this struggle? But now I look back mm -hmm. at it, I don't change any of it because it gave me courage, you know, that journey made me realize the importance of perseverance. It made me realize how important self-belief is because there was nobody around me who was believing in me. So I had to really believe in myself and my own dreams and keep pushing for it, right? So I think it largely made me the leader who I am, you know, and mm -hmm. I won't change any bit of it, even though when there were downs in my life, I would be complaining about it. 
I think many young adults or even women for that matter, young girls would really resonate with that because oftentimes, you know, you have restrictions that your family sets and sometimes you want to break free from that. But I do commend you for, you know, your achievements so far. That's, I think, a testament to your perseverance. Thank you so much. Um, my second question, Amna, is so uh, aside from the biggest challenges, how did you overcome them, especially with the breakthrough in financial uh, services? So I think um, in a, a, a lot of times I see in the first five years of career, people are focused on the next grade, the next promotion and uh, overanalyzing. Um, and maybe it's because my brain was not wired like that. I had given up a lot to start my career. Um, I had burnt a lot of bridges. I had nowhere to go back to. I left my home. I left mm -hmm. my country. $80 in my pocket. So my stakes were pretty high. I always focused on learning and being the best version of myself and going beyond my job, you know. And I think that helped me a lot. I was not competing with people around me. I was competing with myself, you know. And... For example, in, I remember in the initial days when I joined the bank, I was um, in the department of product, but I would go in the evening and sit with the collections team to understand how they're collecting money from the customers, you know, just to learn. Mm -hmm. um, on the weekend, I would go with the investment operations team, sitting with them and just understanding how a transaction is booked. So I think my focus was very much on learning and that matters. You, you, you have that subject matter expertise on your content that takes you much further in your career at, at an early stage, as opposed to chasing the next step, the next grade, the next promotion, and seeing who, how others around you are going ahead. I think that serves also another valuable lesson because in a time like now where we're running behind, you know, what's the next thing and looking for the next big thing, it just gives a moment that you need to pause, reflect on your current journey before you just keep looking for success when there's a lot of loopholes in the middle that you have to kind of figure out. Yes. Um, that leads me to my second question. And um, Amna, if I can ask is, is there a specific like turning point in your career that you felt where this is what, you know, that's taught you something and has helped you shape your um, corporate corporate career? Of course. It's, I think the first uh, eight to 10 years of my career, it was like just work, work, work. I became um a senior leader pretty early in my career, thanks to uh, my bosses who took a big risk on me. Um, but I would say it was pretty much about, yes, I have to be a good leader. I have to work hard. I have to respect my people, listen to them. But when I was living in Poland, I went to a school um, where I was invited to talk about my country. Interestingly, they thought I was from Afghanistan, which I was not. Pakistan. But anyways, I go to the school to talk to 10 year old kids. And you know, kids are spontaneous. I just finished talking a little bit about my country. And um, they were, of course, expecting somebody would come in an abaya, which I was not wearing clearly. Mm -hmm. um, and I talked about the country and they had lots and lots of questions, you know, and they finally talked to me how proud my dad would be and, you know, how proud my family, which clearly is not the case. It was the opposite. The mm -hmm. Finally, for the first time, I opened up and it's easy to show your vulnerability to kids as opposed to your colleagues at office, right? And I could not, back, I could not go back to work that day. Um, I went back home and I tried to reframe the experience that I had. And I think I was living in a lot of guilt and regret that I burned so many bridges um, just because I wanted to have financial independence and I wanted to have a career and I wanted to live in so many countries. But I think that day when I reframed my entire story, it was almost like I had packed 
a box uh, which had all these feelings and just shoved it aside, right? Um, and it made me open that box and realize that maybe there's a purpose behind all of this. And I think that day I was reborn as a leader because I realized if I could think at the age of 18 about a life that I wanted to have for myself and I had a 15-year vision of my life, then I can do that today in my leadership role by helping people design a vision uh, for their life and achieve, make them achieve that because they're spending more than eight to 10 hours with me at work, right? So I would say that moment for me was a, like really when I became a true leader and I realized what would be really gratifying for me, what would be my purpose as a leader and I reconnected with myself in a very different way. It's really interesting. How would you describe yourself as a leader? What type of leadership style would you say that you hone? So um, I don't um, really believe in a lot of leadership theories and you could be this leader or transformational leader or servant leader. Um, I think the traits that I had in my personal life, of course, you evolve in your leadership style. But my traits that I had in my personal journey pretty much reflect the person that I became as a leader. So mm -hmm. courageous decision making. Uh, risk taking on people. I don't believe anybody is ever ready 100% for the job. Somebody took a risk on me. I have to do the same for other people. Um, difficult decisions that require courage. Perseverance. You know, it's very important if you have a long term goal, you don't let the daily showstoppers um, stop you from achieving that. You need to have that perseverance. Optimism. When I was alone and all by myself, I need to be filled with self belief and optimism, you know. And in your corporate life, there are lots of times when there are things that are not going that great. And you have to be leading people. And you can't have a pessimistic view of the world, especially in our industry where everything is about innovation, everything is about technology. So it's important that you have an optimistic view of the future. So I think all those traits explain me as a leader. And the last one would be empathy. I empathize with... Um, my family that where they came from, they just could not understand what I want to achieve. Um, and I think that's a very important characteristic that also helps you to live in so many countries and build a career because you have to have an empathy to understand why people do what they do. And just to show that compassion, which even goes beyond empathy. And I think then you connect people through the heart and it's a very deep connection. Do you have someone who you look up to as an influential person, whether this is in real life or someone, you know, in the um, online that you may look up to? Well, they're, they're great. I mean, they're great leaders in the world. I mean, um, be it Mandela, uh, be it a uh, few other great authors that I read about, you know, I mean, they have carved like much difficult journeys and make something out of it so there are many um, I would say in my corporate career there are a few personalities that really impacted my career because I did not believe in myself and I said no I can't do that and they said to me no you can't do it and you have to go for it and I think if they had not pushed me I would have never done it and what advice would you give to you know aspiring professionals who are just getting started in their career what is it that you know they need to use as maybe a tip or advice that you have for them don't overanalyze just go for it um 
I mentor a lot of people who would, and maybe they're much smarter than, and they are much smarter than where I was at their age. They will come with a paper. They have pros and cons written of whether they should do this job or not, whether they should take this role or not. And I'm like, is it different? Is it new? Just go for it. Your career spans 30 years. If you make one mistake and go for a wrong role or for a role that just did not excite you eventually, it just doesn't really matter. It's just a small blip in that 30-year time period, you know? So just don't overlife or analyze. Just go ahead and do it. And and I live in different countries. I never thought uh, about people I know don't change apartments that frequently. But for me, it was <laughs> just fun. Let's go ahead and do it. That's true. <laughs> and I have one more thing I wanted to ask is, what do you wish you knew before starting your careers that, you know, that you didn't see coming before? Oh, that's a tough one. Probably I did not realize that was kind of an awakening for me that when, when you have so much drive and passion, I did not realize that everybody may not have that same drive and passion and it could be overwhelming for someone, right? So I remember when I was uh, in one of the countries and people, my team gave me feedback that, do you do anything other than work? Are you even a human? And that, uh, I just realized, and I probably never realized that I noticed this, that yes, all people know of me is that I work really hard. I would answer an email at 1 a.m. and at 5 a.m. people like, when does she speak, right? So, yeah, the, the, I, I I wish I knew it before, but yes, when I knew it, it's like I have to balance different aspects of my life, you know, be it my health, be it my lifestyle, and then my work. Absolutely, something more sustainable in the long run, definitely. Yeah, yeah. And just to end this conversation on a fun note, you know, if you were to win a lottery and money wasn't a factor, what would you do with your time? Um, there are things on my list, like I'm in the process of writing a book, so probably I would finish it. I would write another one. I want to open up a foundation um, for refugees and for women uh, so that they can be educated and come into the workforce. I will go ahead and open my foundation. Uh, I've traveled in 40 countries of the world. I want to do 100, so I would travel. Yeah, those three things. Do we get a sneak peek into what your book is about? Um, no, because I've been pretty slow <laughs> at it. <laughs> it's about my different experiences in different countries. Awesome. Well, whenever that does come to fruition, we'll look forward to it. Um, that's it for t our conversation today, Amna. I am so glad that we had this. And I feel like well, I've read a lot of your LinkedIn posts and a lot of your journey, but hearing your struggle and how much you've kind of overcome to just, you know, kickstart your career and see you flourish. I think it's very inspiring as someone who's also, you know, in the corporate career.